It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Tracy Barrett. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tanine. What intrigued me about you, not only uh, your book, Free Fall Summer, is that uh, we both took part in National Novel Writing Month. Tell me about how you oh, yeah. heard about it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it it's a crazy thing, isn't it? I just yes. um, I had always wanted to participate in it, but I had a full time job up until the uh, spring of 2012, and mm-hmm. so I first did it in November of 2012. And as as you know, uh, it's a challenge to write 50,000 words of a novel or a 50,000 word novel in the month of November, and you don't get a prize. You don't have to pay. It's just kind of a an honor system, and um, so I did it. I wound up with the rough first draft of Free Fall Summer, and it was terrible. I mean, it was just <laughs> awful. And uh, But I liked the story, and I liked the main character. So uh, when I was between other projects, I would pick it up and fiddle with it and mm-hmm. strengthen something and change something and move something around. And uh, eventually it got to a, a level that it was ready to be submitted to publishers. And so my agent did, and here we are. Fantastic. Let's back yeah. up. How did you, uh, what was your process to getting uh, an agent? My process was a little complicated. Uh, I got a referral to an agent from a friend mm-hmm. who was with my original agent who um, became uh, too busy to really handle me. She had three, uh, three of her authors were on the bestseller list at the same time. And obviously she had a lot going on, so she asked me if I would mind working with her assistant. And I had not met her assistant, but I liked, I liked her work very much. I, submit, I, I sent her some of my stuff, and she wrote back with editorial suggestions. So I said, sure, I'd love to work with your assistant, which I did okay. until the assistant went out on her own, and uh, they gave me the option of staying with the original one or going with the assistant now agent, and I went with her, and we've been happily together for five or six years now, I guess. That's amazing. I love that. And, um, you know, I have to say, as a writer, I actually read this magazine I love, Poets and Writers, so shout out to them. Mm -hmm. And um, I get very inspired, you know, doing different things. Um, Tell me, how did you get inspired to write Free Fall Summer? Because it's a great story. It was a combination of things. I've been writing for middle grade and young adult readers for... Uh, since 1993, I think. I've done fiction and nonfiction. I've done time travel and ghost stories and realistic fiction and fantasy and all sorts of things. And I, I, one thing I really enjoy doing is writing retellings of familiar tales. What I like to do is take the point of view of a sidekick, mm-hmm. excuse me, and um, retell a familiar story from the sidekick's point of view or the villain or someone else because my feeling is no one is a secondary character in their own life, right? Yes. Uh, the stepsister of Cinderella was this, at the center of her own life. The uh, guy who killed the Minotaur was at the center of his own life as much as the Minotaur was at the center. So I, I'd I like, like to read those stories from those points of view. I like that. So I, Excuse me? I said I like that. Yeah, well, it was, it's, it's a fun thing to do. I think the problem with... Myths and fairy tales especially is the characters are not developed. Someone is good because they are good. Mm-hmm. Someone is bad because they are bad. Sometimes there's a little motivation, like they're envious or, you know, something. But it's usually uh, not developed. And I like to figure out why would someone do this? Why would Cinderella's stepsister behave the way they did? Mm-hmm. turns out they didn't. It's all made up. But um, 
I was kind of casting around for a, a, a Greek myth to retell. That's my real love is Greek mythology. And I've always, the story of Icarus just seems tailor-made for a young adult audience. Icarus was the boy, teenager, who was imprisoned with his father Daedalus in a tower, and they escaped by the means of wings that Daedalus constructed out of seagull feathers and wax from melted candles, and he cautioned Icarus not to fly too near the sun, yes. or the wax would melt, but Icarus was a kid, so he did, and he mm-hmm. died. And But, you know, you don't want to tell a story where the main character dies, no. I don't. <laughs> and uh, I used to skydive. and so you I did. thought, Yeah, I did. And I thought this would be, it would be a great skydiving story. Oh, the only problem is... You have to be 18 to skydive, and that's a little older than the audience I usually write for. So I asked my husband, whom I met skydiving, how he could, how my character could get away with doing an illegal underage jump. <laughs> and he said, ask, ask my best friend. He did it. So oh. I did. I, used the, I think the statute of limitations has passed, okay. so they can't do anything to him. But he was, I think, 16 when he made a jump. And so I used the Frankie method. The Frankie method. Uh, yes. Let me back up. How did you decide mm-hmm. to skydive? Were you always fearless? No. In okay. fact, the reason I stopped skydiving was I never got over being so scared it wasn't any fun, really, yeah. after, the, at least, once their parachutes open, it's fun. Up until then, it wasn't. Right. And everyone kept telling me, if you keep doing it, you'll get less afraid, and I didn't. So I said, why should I exactly. spend all this time and money being scared? Right. But I had, I had a skydiving boyfriend, and I was in... Um, graduate school at the time in California, and I used to go out with him to the drop zone and study there. It was lovely. No one bothered me. Parachutes are pretty. And then everyone would get together and have dinner afterwards. It was a great way to spend a day. It's nice. And people kept asking me when I was going to jump, and I kept saying, I'm a poor, poor grad student. I can't afford it. And someone finally called me on it and said, I'll pay you to work for me for a weekend, and uh, then I'll, my, my, the payment will be a, a jump class. So oh, I no. kind of <laughs> had to do it. Yes. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I enjoyed testing myself. Um, I enjoyed the fact that I tested myself and didn't die. That mm-hmm. was a big bonus. Oh, yes. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's actually a very safe sport. It, it is? really is. Yeah, it's the safest high-speed sport there is. It's safer than downhill skiing. It's safer than motocross. I mean, it's safer huh. than... It, it really is. And the only... And the, it gets safer every year. Equipment fa- the equipment is practically foolproof. and. Mm-hmm. Just about the only time you see anyone get hurt is it's their own damn fault, including my husband who broke his back because <gasps> he was too lazy to, yeah, in two places. Because what happened? And he, 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 he was, he wanted to get back close to the hangar so he wouldn't have to walk across a field carrying his parachute. And he was coming in a little too low, decided to risk going over these, uh, trees and the air above the trees is all you know gets all the wind gets all gnarly and it kind of grabbed his parachute and crumpled it up and flung him on the ground he's fine but he went from six seven to six six so it was probably a good thing but uh you know other times i saw people get hurt they were showing off or and and i only saw a broken ankle and a sprained thumb and all the time i spent out there okay so it really is a, a very safe sport but that doesn't mean it's not frightening. Of it course. is frightening to yes. purposely hurl yourself out the open door of an airplane. Yes. And I never got over that. So I, I did my 17, 18 jumps and said, <gasps> fine. That's a lot, 17, 18 It is a lot. I, re- I really wanted to give it a fair chance, mm-hmm. and I did. And now I don't have to worry about maybe if I'd kept on for another few times, it would have been 
Okay. I thought you were going to say two or three. 17 or 18, that's a lot to be, you know, thinking back and be proud of. Yeah, well, I did 17 that that year. It was back in the 80s. And uh, then I did one more when I was doing, when I was writing Free Fall Summer because I knew that the sport had changed a lot and I needed to see how it had changed. I'd never done a tandem jump, which is just about the only way that students jump anymore. Mm-hmm. But they, it didn't exist when I was jumping. So I had to see what that felt like. And uh, mm-hmm. it was fun, and it's a lot less scary to do a tandem jump than just to bomb out the door. Oh, I bet. And and how you met your husband was that summer? He or? was he. I was trying to pack my parachute, and there's one point you get to where you kind of need three hands, and no one was helping me. <laughs> and I was I was struggling with this thing, and this great big guy came over and uh, offered to help me, and that was it. That's so nice. What a great story! Isn't that nice? Yeah. How do you stay positive in an industry that's so hard to be successful? It is rough. It is hard to do that. Uh, I have a good community. Uh, there's a wonderful organization, the uh, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, oh, yes. that provides huge amounts of support and not just not just you know pep talk type support, although that is always welcome, but. Uh, education and opportunities to meet with people, and I met my the editor of my first novel at one of their uh, uh, conferences. I had written some nonfiction first, but my first novel was published uh, through meeting an editor at at, a, at an SCBWI conference. And uh, I have a writers group. We meet every two weeks, and we critique each other's work, and also do a lot of the support and pep talk type stuff. But uh, it is hard. It's very competitive. It's getting more competitive all the time. And uh, it's, it's tough. It would be hard to, uh, I don't want to whitewash it and make it like it's all, you know, bunnies prancing through meadows. <laughs> and there's a lot of, which a lot of people think it is, and they also think there's a lot of money in it, which there isn't. Right. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard, but you do need support from other people yeah. who, who know what you're talking about. It's it's interesting. I remember being 16 and just falling into creative writing, and you, you get addicted to just mm-hmm. submersing yourself in creating stories. And I didn't always believe in what I was writing was so terrific, so I would write a lot of things over the years and just put them to the side. And what I liked about National Novel Writing Month is it was an opportunity for me to take a whole bunch of short stories that happened in my life and throw them into this dead, deadline uh, of one month. And just keep yeah. writing. And as you said, you know, you look back and go, okay, some of this is garbage. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, you can fine-tune it. And you did it. You stuck to it. Right. And you stayed focused. Yeah, and the thing is that also what I, what I really liked about National Novel Writing Month was that you don't have time to criticize yourself. You don't have time to say, oh, I could make that image a little more original. Or yes. I could make that answer a little snappy. You go, you can't do it now. And you plow on ahead. So you actually wind up at the end or the end-ish of, of, a, of a for real book. Yes. And, and I'm sure that most of the time nothing comes of it, but at least it releases your creative juices. Even if you don't ha- do anything with that particular project, you know you can. You know you can plow through and get to the end, and I think that is very encouraging. Yes. What advice would you give people uh, who are writing that are struggling that as my show title says, get the funk out, which is, you know, how do you stay positive? Um, don't always, I've okay. got to say. Right. Sometimes I get discouraged, and I think like most 
people engaged in any creative pursuit, I occasionally think, well, you know, I've had a good run, time to hang it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that the work itself is what makes me stay positive. I get an idea that, I, that just won't let me go, and I have to write it, and I have yes. to at least do something with it. It's like an exorcism. The only yeah. way, it's like when you have a, an earworm, if you have a tune that's going through your head. Mm-hmm. The only way to get rid of it, for me, is to listen to it, to, you know, find it on, online and listen to it, and it goes away. Yes. So the, when I have one of those ideas, the only thing to do is write it out, even if I don't write the whole thing, even if I just write a little bit. But sometimes... Well, that's what happened with my first novel. It was um, I was doing I was a college professor and I was doing some research on medieval women writers, and I came across this one who was very famous in for her for people who were interested in Byzantine history or in the Crusades because her father led the first Crusade and she was the daughter of the this Byzantine em- emperor and mm-hmm. she had this wacky life and. I, I just couldn't forget it. I, mean, I said, how could someone turn out the way she did? How could a person be like her? Yes. And I, the only way to, for me to figure it out was to pretend I was writing her journal. And I just wrote one, like <sighs> the opening entry in her journal, thought that would be the end of it, read yes. it to my critique group. They said, what happened next? I said, I don't know. And so I just kept going. And really, if I didn't have them asking me every two weeks what happened next, I don't know if I would have written it. Amazing. So that's really, I, I, I do, I come back to the importance of community and I've, I really think that that's the thing that keeps me going most yeah. is having the support around me. So, Tracy, is there anything you would like readers to know about your book without giving too much away? Well, um, as I said, it started out as a retelling of the myth of Icarus, but it very quickly deviated from that. And it's not, it is partly about facing your fears and facing your demons, but it mostly has turned into a a different theme, which is something that teenagers live and the parents of teenagers live, which is how do you balance wanting to keep them safe with wanting them to find their own way? And every family has to find that out for themselves. And some, you you know, you mess up on the way and hope you fix it the next time and keep fine-tuning it. But I think that the story wound up being a lot deeper than I had originally thought of it as just kind of a fun adventure skydiving book, and it turned out to be a lot more than that. And where can people find out more about you? My website is tracybarrett.com, and it has a bunch of different pages on it, uh, including one for teachers and educators which with a lot of activities. I haven't really done much on Free Fall Summer yet. Okay. But there, there are a lot of activities, quizzes, maps, resources, that kind of thing, and a bio page and a writing page that talks about all, all the different books I've written. So that's probably the first place to start. And I do answer email that comes to me through the contact page on that. Fantastic. It might not be right away, but if someone does click on contact, and uh, I eventually will get to answering their, their question or their comment. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much for calling the show. It's been really inspiring, except you're not going to catch me jumping out of a plane. (laughs) But uh, this has been great. I want to thank you so much. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.